Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Ashley Hollis. Well, I am so looking forward to speaking today, fasting and prayer. We are kicking off our series all on fasting and prayer. If you have not been around yet last Sunday for our first Sunday of 2021, Happy New Year. Welcome to an an incredible year. We are going to see God move and we are going to see miracles happen. We are expectant. And as Pastor Elijah shared last week, our vision for this year as a church is kingdom come. His kingdom come to earth. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom come in our families. Kingdom come in our lives. Kingdom come in our jobs. Kingdom come in our schools. And there is nothing out of boundaries for what God wants to do and where he wants to bring his kingdom to. But before we jump into fasting and prayer, it is going to be an awesome, awesome Sunday. And I believe God has spoken and he's challenged me. And I love digging in and tearing apart the word of God and seeing what he has to say to you and I. But before we jump into that, I want to just address um, some things that we saw and you may have heard this week in our country. You know, I think that we can sit and we can talk about this versus that. And we can talk about if this happened and if that happened and we watch things on the news and maybe you heard things that happened in Congress and maybe there were so many different things that you watched. Listen, I just want to address the importance of us as Christians knowing the word of God. I believe it is our calling as Christians to pray for our leaders. I pray for every leader, whether they are in politics, whether they are in the news, whether they're in Hollywood, my goodness, the influence and the platform. I believe that God can radically change lives because of the platform that he's given. So I wholeheartedly believe in praying for our leaders. But I watched that and I listened to it and my heart was broken. My heart was broken because I think sometimes as a church, we are not devouring the word of God like we need to be. And trust me, this is not a doomsday sermon. This is not, whoa, is that? This is a call to us as Christians, a call to us as Christians. And Elijah and I were talking about not staring at what's happening at the world, but glancing at what's happening in the world. You know, it's, it's very critical for us as Christians that we are staring at, that we are devouring the word of God. This is not a celebrity church culture. This is not a feel good entertainment event that you're going to. You need to dive in to the word of God. I've told you before, I am obsessed with the Enneagram test. I love it. Anyone who works for our agency, anyone who's in leadership in our church, I'm like, did you take the Enneagram test? Did you learn? I am by nature an Enneagram eight. I am a challenger through and through. It is not to challenge a person. It is not to challenge anything. It's to challenge to say, is that true? Is that right? Is that the best way we can do it? Is that the furthest we can go? I am a challenger. 
And I want to encourage us as Christians, as we kick off 2021, my goodness, devour the word of God. We are about to start up a season of groups, not groups to just get together and talk. Groups that are devouring the word of God. Groups that are creating habits to seek God's presence. To know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know what God said. I know amen means let it be. Yes, seal it, final, amen. I know what that means. And here's why I want to challenge you with that. Because in today's culture, it is so easy to compare. It is so easy to say, well, I'm not doing what that person's doing. Well, I mean, I am not as bad as. Well, I mean, I've gotten way better than. We live in a culture of comparison. I believe social media, you've heard me say so many times, I believe social media is great. That's why we value it in the church, because we have seen lives transformed and people added to the family of God through social media. I believe it's a powerful tool to accomplish the word of God. I also believe, if not harnessed right, it can feed our comparative culture. And I guess I just want to challenge us today. Maybe I want to be a bit bold in saying, allow us to only compare ourselves to the word of God. You know, in Hebrews, it talks about the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's not, the word there is actually not military sword. Like you and I probably think like long, big sword. The, the word there is actually the same as whenever um, the soldiers come and Peter's like cuts off the ear. It's more of like a knife, a dagger type thing. And the whole perspective in Hebrews, when, when the Bible is talking about the word of God sharper than a two-edged sword, it penetrates soul and spirit, joints and marrow. The whole picture that is being portrayed by the word of God is the word of God literally has the power. When you and I compare our lives against the word of God, it has the power to separate motives. It has the power to separate how we act versus how we think. It has the power to separate what God is calling us to versus maybe past experiences or past sins that we're holding on to or hiding. It literally has the power. And so I want to encourage us as a church this year, we are devouring the word of God. Today we are talking about fasting and praying. Why? Because this is a time for us to seek the word of God, to spend time in his presence. We compare ourselves to the word of God because we've seen Jesus's name. We've seen flags. We've seen things paraded around in the midst of things that have happened of sin. We've seen Jesus's name paraded around in actions that do not align with the word of God. And I am telling you, and I've been challenging myself this year, man, I've got to know the word of God. I have got to know what he says. I have got to know what he stands for. The God of peace, the God of justice, the God of strength, the God of truth, the God who fights for those in our world. God, I've got to know you. And that has been my biggest prayer. And so I want to encourage us, listen, stare at the word of God and glance at what's happening in the world. Elijah said it so well this week. He and I were just chatting through you know, a lot of events and 
we had the news on uh, on Wednesday, and we were like, my goodness, what is happening right now? And, and Leticia and the kids come in, and we're kind of talking through it. And we're like, hey, listen, like explaining this and explaining, you know, what's happening in life right now to a seven and a nine-year-old is, is so crazy, but it's real life. And so we take this time and we teach our kids about it. Do I keep the news on all day and night? No, absolutely not. I don't do that for my own sake, let alone my kids. But we glance at what's happening in the world so that we know how to pray, so that we know what's happening. I believe that's where God calls us to be in the world, not of the world. And Elijah said it so well when Elijah said, you know, if I look back over 2020 and I have to look at all these things and I say, how do I want to do 2021 differently? What is something that I grew from? What is something that I learned? I think he had such a great point when he was telling me, Ash, I don't want to stare at 2021. I want to stare at God's word. I want to stare at the will of God. Do you know in the one hour we watch the news how much audio Bible I can fill my soul? And Elijah said, Ash, I need to glance at what's happening in the world, but I need to hit my prayer closet. I need to dive deep into what God is calling me to do. And so I pray that this Sunday, whether it's your first Sunday in Change Church, maybe it's your first Sunday back to church in a long time and you're watching online, you're sitting in your living room, your kitchen, somebody shared this out, somebody invited you to join online, and maybe you're thinking, hey, this is a safe way to try. Let me just tell you, as Christians, as a church, we're making a commitment to live as Jesus called us to live, to live a life of love, to live a life of strength, to live that life. And that's why we're digging into a 21 day fast as a church. We are digging into this fast at the beginning of the year. Number one, to prepare ourselves for what God has for us. None of us know what's coming tomorrow, next month, next year. We don't know. We could have incredible opportunities. We could walk some difficult days. There are all sorts of scenarios facing us, but we're gonna make sure we're prepared internally that we're prepared in our spirits and we're going to make sure we know god you know i i have noticed with my friends that i begin to talk like and act like some of my friends uh, one of my good friends katie and i actually are business partners and she and i were laughing maybe it was a couple months ago because she was saying to her family all the time yep yep and her husband john said katie where is that from she's like oh i don't know and she's like yep Hey, can you do this? Yep, yep, yep. And she was like, oh my goodness. And she and I were on the phone one day and I, she said, Ash, can you do this? I was like, yep. And she was like, oh my goodness, that's where I got it. And I was like, got what? She said, that's why I say yep, because you say it all the time. And I was like, wait, what? No way. Because we begin to talk like those we're around. We begin to act like those we spend time with. Let us be spending time with God during this fast during this time of prayer, that as he would speak love to people, that we would speak love. That if he would speak encouragement, we would do that. That as he would bring joy, we would bring joy. That he would bring, be a just God. And I'm just really praying that as we dig into talking about fasting and prayer, that God puts a hunger in your soul. I have been hungry for the word of God. Like, like the kind of, I want to just sit and devour it. I don't want to read it. I want to know why. I want to know what was being written. I want to know who it was being written to. I want to know how that applies to my life. Dig in. Dig in and see what God has for you. 
But today I want to start this series off. We have three weeks in here of fasting. And I want to start this time off by looking in Matthew where Jesus talks about fasting. And Jesus is teaching, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 6. I love to hold the Bible. It's something just, you know what, grab it out, run upstairs, get your Bible, grab your Bible app on your phone, follow along with me. We're going to have the scriptures below, but maybe you want to make some notes as we're going today. But in Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching, and he's teaching on three principles. He's teaching on prayer, fasting, and giving. And we'd see him teach about prayer, and then he moves in, in Matthew 6, 16, he moves in to talking about fasting, a continuation, really, if you will, to talk about fasting and talking about giving. And he's talking right now because the religious leaders of this time had taken these three actions, prayer, fasting, and giving, and had used them, if you will, for more self-glorification more um, maybe honor to get more attention in their own lives. And these three actions that God had, had set up, prayer, fasting, and giving, they began to use for their own gain, to get their own attention. And so we find Jesus talking about this. And I want to read this scripture. If you have it, if you want to underline it, grab it out. We're going to start in Matthew 6, 16. It says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I want to talk today, I want to kind of dig into why we fast. What is fasting? How do you start a fast? And listen, I know some of you watching, you've done fast before. Maybe you've fasted multiple times, you've been in the church for a long time. And I believe God wants to speak something new and fresh to you. And maybe this is your first time and you say, Ashley, I don't even know what fasting is. I mean, maybe you hear about it. Maybe you've heard people talk about what they do, but you've never experienced that. I want to walk you through why God calls us to fast and what he's doing in us as we fast. And so as we begin to read this, let's just chat a few seconds about what is fasting? You see, fasting was set up in the Old Testament, and at that time it was set up to atone for sins. So we have the Old Testament, and then we have the New Testament, and the Old Testament was full of prophecies. Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming, but they were still under the old law, and so therefore they still had to atone for their sins. Same as you and I, now that Jesus came, we have to say, Jesus, I am sorry for, we acknowledge our sins. We believe in our hearts in Jesus and we confess those sins. That's the prayer. We confess that and we accept his forgiveness in our lives. But before Jesus came and died and was raised from the dead and ascended to heaven, before all of that in the Old Testament, 
The people were under the old covenant. And in that covenant, they had to do certain actions, certain rituals to atone for their sins. And so in the Old Testament, they had the Day of Atonement. And the Day of the Atonement was a, um, a commanded fast. It was a time that they fasted to atone for their sins, to acknowledge what they had done and accept that blood and forgiveness. And now when we find ourselves in the New Testament, we're no longer under that old covenant. We're not under that old law anymore. And so now as we're under the new covenant, we fast to grow in our relationship with God. We fast with that hunger. And there are multiple different reasons we see fasting in the Bible. And I know Elijah is really going to dig into this in the upcoming weeks. But I want to challenge us with this. You know, I think it's very interesting that Jesus talks first about prayer in Matthew, and then he moves into fasting. You see, you can pray without fasting, but you can't fast without prayer. Because if you pray without fasting, you are still in communication with God. But when you begin fasting, it is a desperation. It is giving something up physically to gain something spiritually. And so as we find ourselves in this 21-day fast as a church, and so today, at like, like tonight, we are starting that fast. And so we're going to talk in a few minutes about some different ways you can fast, some different fasts you can do. But I want to encourage you because if you set this fast up, right, and you set it up and you're like, I'm going to do this. But if you don't give something up and replace it with the word of God, then that was not spiritual gain. That was physical gain. And so as we fast something, if I fast breakfast, I don't just add more work into my day and not eat. I fast that time that I would sit and have breakfast and I sit and I devour the word of God. And maybe you choose to fast social media. Well, then in that time that you would spend on social media, you begin to dig into the word of God. You begin to pray. You fill your house with worship music. Maybe you choose that you're fasting secular music. And so instead of just not having music, we're replacing it with worship. That's why we've created playlists here at Change. And you can get those with the links and, and everything below. But that way you can have worship filling your house. It's a sacrificing of something for gaining something. And so I want to remind us, number one, as we're fasting, we fast and we marry that with prayer. We marry that with seeking the word of God. The word of God is the ruler by which we live. Like I talked about earlier, you're not comparing yourself to my fast. You're not comparing how I fast versus how you fast. You're comparing your fast with how God's called you to do it. And I think this is really fascinating. I want to dig this scripture a little bit in as I was studying it out. And in verse 16, I love Jesus because he uses such bold words. And I think it's very fascinating that oftentimes he uses those bold words with religious leaders who have taken his principles out of context. That's why it's so critical for us as Christians to know the word of God and know the heart behind that word of God. It's not something to pump ourselves up about. It's something that God called us out of humility to, to humble ourselves during this fast. And so in verse 16, he, he kicks it off and he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. 
But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. You know, the word that Jesus uses here for hypocrites is literally the exact same word that we would now use for actors. We would use the word actors as somebody who's standing, somebody who's in front of an audience, waiting for applause, checking the response that they get. You see, what had happened in these days, the religious leaders were using their fasts as an attention to themselves. They were looking somber. They were putting on maybe their worst or, or torn clothes and dirt and looking somber. Why? Because when you see somebody looking like that, you say, are you okay? What's going on? How, how are you? You know, and every time I see somebody who looks down or looks, you know, what's going on? Are you, are you okay? What's happening? And it was an opportunity for these religious leaders to say, I'm fasting. I'm giving something up for God. I'm putting this down. And that's what Jesus says. Hey, listen, don't be like actors acting for an audience. This fast is not about what you're doing in front of others. This fast is about what you're doing before God. The word that he uses here, your, is literally a singular your, meaning between you and God. It's not a your fast as collectively. You see, we are as a church collectively entering a fast. But this fast is not between you and me. This is between you and God and me and God. This is me saying, what is God calling me to fast from? And what is God calling me to fast for? And I want to mention to you a few different reasons that we see fasting in the Bible. And you can jot these down if you want to. You can really study these out. There are some incredible scriptures that I know Elijah is going to be going through um, on fasting. But we fast for a few different reasons. Number one, fasting can prepare us for what's coming. Fasting can strengthen our prayer life. Fasting can seek God's guidance. Sometimes you might hear of somebody, I'm fasting for an answer. You know, we do this as a family when we have a big decision to make or we're walking into some uncharted territories and we fast with our children. And I don't want you to think that that's like, okay, guys, you're not eating. No, listen, fasting at that time, food was where they spent most of their time, was around the table in the meals. But for us, fasting might look different. Fasting might be giving up a movie at night. Fasting might be giving up social media. That's between you and God. That's what God is going to put on your heart as you pray at the end of today and say, God, what are you calling me to fast? Listen, he might not speak in an audible voice and the, the clouds might not open and he might not say such and such. I want you to fast, but it's that prompting in our spirit. That's what we ask God for. God, what are you calling me to fast? Maybe he's prompting. You know, you've been spending a little too much time on social media. You know, you've been letting those friends speak a little bit too much into your life. You know, you've been spending a little bit too much time watching television. Maybe it is the food that you're setting aside, different things, and it, it, can, it will be different for all of us. But it's seeking that direction. Sometimes fasting is for expressing grief, for seeking deliverance or protection, expressing repentance, saying, God, I'm sorry for what I've done, and I'm turning. Repenting literally means to put down and to turn. 
to minister to others, to humble ourselves before God, to express love and worship for God. You know, we're kicking off the year with a fast so that we can set ourselves right, set our eyes right, devour the word of God. It's a preparation for what is to come. And I've said this before, when I say what is to come, I don't say that like doomsday-ish, like, ooh, what is to come? You don't know what's to come. I don't know what's to come. I have been hit with some pretty hard situations and some pretty hard circumstances that I needed a foundation on God to walk through. And at the same time, and sometimes in those same years, I've been presented with an incredible opportunity from God. And I needed his foundation to walk into that. I needed his foundation and his boldness to say, you know what, this is the moment I've prayed for. These are the opportunities I prayed for. These are the doors I prayed would open and now they're opening. God, give me the strength to walk through them. Give me the boldness to speak. Man, I've been praying for this individual and now they asked me about being a pastor. They asked me about my walk with God. God, give me a boldness. God is gonna present you with circumstances and situations and opportunities, and it's preparing ourselves for it. You know, this past, a few weeks ago, our family actually went to Colorado to go skiing over Christmas, and it was so much fun. If you don't know, I grew up in Kansas City, and so we used to go skiing every year. My dad would take, he was a pastor, and he would take a big ski trip, 150 so people, over to Colorado, we would spend a whole week over our spring break, and we would ski, and, and it was so fun. And so I grew up since I was three years old skiing. And so I always wanted the kids to learn to ski when they were young. And so we took them to Colorado a couple years ago, and we went back this year. But see, this year, obviously, um, we have been in quarantine for like nine months leading up to this ski trip. And so when we decided to go skiing, I knew I have got to start working out or I am going to get on those ski slopes and I am not going to be able to go all day long. I am going to be exhausted. And so I actually called Jen um, from one of the girls in the church and I called Jen and she is incredible workout coach, learn to lift, like basics, basics. Okay. So I'm like, this is who I need. So I called Jen and I'm like, listen, Number one, I need to get in shape because I have not done anything to work out during quarantine. Number two, I have this ski trip that I already know is coming up and I need to get prepared for it. And I feel like my legs, I'm gonna be exhausted. I just need to do that. She was like, okay, great. Puts together a plan for me, comes over to my house, shows me everything that I need to be doing. Okay, Ash, you need to do this. And it's three reps of 10 per day and two of eight per day and all this stuff. And so I start this workout about a month or month and a half before we go skiing. And we get there and we get on our skis the first day and you know, we're so excited. I mean, it's just breathtaking in Colorado. And we were teaching the kids. Ane, when she skied last, she was like two or three. And so for Ane, it was her um, first time to like be old enough to actually ski. Last time she didn't even really have enough weight to like get down the mountain. You know, we're kind of like, come on, like getting her down the mountain. And so this is her first time to be able to like ski and remember and learn it. We had Zion. Zion decided he was going to snowboard this year. And so we told him, hey, you can learn. We are so okay with that. Elijah snowboards. And we said, but you've always skied before this. And so you have to be okay with like, you're going to fall a lot your first day or two. Are you okay with that? Like mentally, 
be prepared. And he was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to do this. I really want to learn to snowboard. We're like, okay, great. And then Leticia, some of you know Leticia, but she's from Brazil. And so she is incredible. She's a part of an exchange program. She's here with our family. We love her so much. And so she had never seen snow before. And so we get to Colorado and she's like, whoa, like looking at this snow. And I'm like, Leticia, this is going to be so much fun. You're going to learn to ski. You're going to be such a pro. And so my dad's teaching Ane and Leticia and my nephew and Elijah and my brother are teaching Zion to snowboard. And the first day we start going up and down and it was hard. It was a lot, but it was like, okay, we did good. Everyone did great. We did the bunny hill. We did that. Tomorrow we're going to go over to a couple of the greens. So we go to some of the greens, all this stuff. Now I have to tell you, my honest um, desire on this trip, I love to get to the top of the mountain. That's why I ski. That is why I want to be good. That is why I told Jen I need to make sure I'm like quasi in shape for this is because I want to be able to go to the top of the mountain, the breathtaking views at 10,000, 11,000 foot elevation. I want to be up there. And so, you know, I'm telling everybody, okay, guys, hey, so, you know, I'm a planner, hardcore, so I'm like, okay, we're going to go to the greens, and then the next day we're going to make our way one-third up the mountain, then half the way, and then on the last day, we're skiing on Christmas Day on that Friday. On Christmas Day, we are going to go all the way to the top, and I found greens all the way down. So we need to ski up, come to a lift, ski up, go to a lift, and it's going to be so fun, and everybody's like, okay, we're ready for this, you know, we're so excited. So Friday, we go down our first run, make sure everyone's feeling comfortable. Okay, good. Now we're gonna start waking our way up the mountain. And we start going up and we go up the first one and we come down the lift and we go up to the next mountain and we ski down. And this mountain that we come down, I mean, it's probably only a third of the way, maybe a half of the way. And we all missed the big orange sign that said, easy way down, that way. And so we all miss it. I mean, my brother, Ane, Bronson, you know, Ane, we could barely keep up with her. I mean, we're like, Ane, wait! Like, she's going so fast, she's rocking it. And so they all take off down the mountain. And so we're coming down. And so Leticia goes and she takes a tumble and I go and I catch myself going towards the trees. And we're like, whoa. And I was like, you guys, I think we all missed that sign that said easy way down. But it's going to be so much easier than that. Once we get to the top, I mean, it's basically around the mountain. So it's easier than the first green we did. Everybody's like, okay, okay, okay. So we get on this huge lift and I mean, it, it is going and it's still going and it's still going and there's snow machines and there's snow plows and it's everything. And, and Leticia and I are riding up together and she was like, wow, we're still going. And it's one of the lifts with the windshields because you're going so high up and it's like so windy. And so we get to the top and I'm like, here we go. And we get off and I look around and I go, dad, is it going to be any harder than what we just came down. I mean, I feel like everyone was slightly um, concerned after going down that. I said, is it gonna be any harder? And my dad looked at me and said, Ash, it doesn't matter, we're going down. And I'm like, okay. And I look around and there's blacks and there's blues and all this stuff. And it has a sign to go this way, 
to the green. And I'm like, okay, perfect. That's where we're going. That's where I wanted to go to go to the green. And I mean, you've got to cut across the blues and you've got to come down and you've got to get like all the way down this mountain and then across this flat area. And so we're going and Zion and I are sitting at the top of one of the hills. Again, this is like a 10 mile, maybe eight mile down run. And so it is a long ski run and we're sitting there and Zion's like, mommy, this is crazy. And he's like, oh, my legs hurt. And I'm like, I know, but listen, the only way out is down. The only way out is down. And my dad had always told me that when I was little and we would get ourselves in these predicaments. And so we're going, we're going, we're going. And we hit this one part and my brother goes down and he goes, hey, Ashley, Phil, he's yelling to me and my dad. He's like, this is straight moguls. And I'm like, what? Well, moguls are those big mounds of snow that, you know, you probably see the professional skiers. They have to ski all around and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, we, I mean, dad, we can't do that. Like, I, I feel terrible. I brought my kids. I brought Lucicia. Like, he's like, Ash, the only way, tuck and go. Just get down them. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And so we're going down the mountain and the kids and Lucicia are following my brother and my dad's with me and we're going. And he's like, get to the sun, just work your way around the moguls. And we get to the bottom and I'm like, Elijah, I am so exhausted. I am so tired, but praise God. I worked out with Jen. Praise the Lord I prepared because I can't imagine had I done that. And I look at the kids and I'm like, you guys, you did so good. And Leticia is like, let's keep going. Let's get going. And we had so much fun. But I say all that to tell you fasting is kind of like that workout before skiing. It was fun. It was beautiful. There were some crazy moments. There were some unexpected things that hit, but it was preparing my body to get down that mountain. Fasting is preparing you and me spiritually to get through what we're walking through. It's sometimes, you know, like my dad said, the only way out is down. Sometimes the only way out is through. Sometimes it's walking through grief. Sometimes it's walking through pain. Sometimes it's walking through isolation through worry, through not understanding. God, what am I supposed to do? Which door do I walk through? But the only way out is through. Fasting prepares us. God wants to walk through those moments with you and I. And so as we go into this week and as we close today, I want to challenge you. Number one, what are you fasting for? Are you fasting to know God's heart? Are you fasting for a decision that you need to make? Are you fasting because of something you're walking through in your family? Because of a pain? Because you need guidance as you're walking into something? Are you fasting? Name your fast. Write that down in your journal. Name my fast. And then fill it in. Turn on some worship music after this. God, what are you calling me to fast for? The second thing is choose your fast. You know, I said the word in there and that scripture is your, is a singular word. It's you and God. It's not, what am I fasting? It's what are you fasting? You know, I think sometimes people think, oh, well, I have to, you know, 
fast food and everything and do water only and I have to fast this and that. Can I tell you that some of us fasting social media would potentially challenge and stretch us more than fasting food. Some of us fasting sugar, some of us fasting food, some of us fasting television. My goodness, there are so many different things and God is going to put a prompting in your spirit. What does he want you to fast? And the last thing, the third thing I want to challenge you with is what habits are you putting in place during this fast? You know, Elijah said that last week. That's why we do a 21 day fast is we are putting new habits. We are establishing new habits in our life. Does that mean that when you fast social media for 21 days, you're just going to fast like social media forever? Hey, you might choose that. I mean, me having a limit on my social media for eight months has been one of the best decisions for my life but you might not. You might go back to it. You will probably go back to food. You will probably add some sugar back into what you're eating. But listen, it's about setting those habits up. It's about creating that desire for God that is a habit, that is something that now when I wake up in the morning, I listen to the whispers of God before the shouts of the world. I listen to what God wants to speak to me and God wants to direct me. Like Elijah said, man, you're staring at the word of God before you glance at the world. It's creating these habits in place. And when you create those new habits, you're going to see life transformation. You're going to see spiritual growth. You want to take your walk with God to the next level? You say, oh, I've been in this for a long time. I've grown up in church my whole life. I was born and in church the very first Sunday of my life. I was, this has actually been the craziest time for me to not have been physically in a church for so long. Man, you want to take your relationship with God to the next level? You want to know God in a new way? You say, God, I want to know new facets of you. I want to hear your word fresh, clear. And during this fast, let that be a habit you establish. Let it be a habit that you memorize the word of God. Get this sword for war that's linked below. Get that sword for war and begin to recite those scriptures. I know Elijah's been working on a, a new scripture book for us this year. What to do for peace when we're praying through healing, when we're praying through anxiety, when you're praying through depression, isolation, decision-making, man, scriptures that you can recite, memorize those. And God wants to do new things in each of us. As we put aside the acting, as we put aside the hypocrisy of it, as we put aside what we might think needs to happen in public, and we focus on what God wants to do in the private, it will always be reflected in our public life. What you and I do during this time of fasting, during this private time in our lives, is going to be reflected by how we live publicly, by things that people see. Do not neglect what God wants to do in your private time with him. I wanna pray for us today as we close this out and as we go into this time of fasting and prayer. I wanna pray that God speaks to each of us in a fresh way. You know, we serve a God that speaks everyone to everyone in every way. I believe some people, God speaks through nature. When you go out and you go on a hike and you go on a walk, God just opens up about who he is. I believe some people see it in creativity. I know Elijah's like this. Anytime he sees a movie or hears a song or he's like, <gasps> like God speaks to him like that. 
God speaks to you as you read. God speaks to you as you have conversations where we sit down and have these groups and we devour the word of God and we learn to pray and we learn to hear him. God wants to do fresh things in our lives. Let's pray as we, as we close this time out. Would you just bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? You know, you're going to go into this week. I pray that you'll join us in this fast. I pray that this is something that you'll say, God, show up. God, show up in a fresh way. God, I'm just asking to see you in a new way. God, I just pray right now for each of us. God, I pray that you would speak to each of us before we ever start this fast. God, I pray that you would speak exactly what you want to do through us. God, give us clarity. Give us, um, give us exactly knowing what you want us to fast and God, what we're fasting for. God, I pray for answers. I pray for divine intervention. God, I pray for healing. God, some people who are watching this are fasting and praying for healing of family members. God, I pray that we would see divine healing. God, some people are praying and grieving a loss that they've gone through. God, I pray that you would walk with them through that loss. God, that you would walk with them, God, as they're grieving. God, that you would give a peace and a comfort that only you can. God, I just pray as people are deciding and making decisions and God, praying for words of wisdom and guidance as to what decisions to make, what to do in their jobs, how to handle things with teams and families. God, I pray that you would give that wisdom. I pray specifically, God, for for children. God, some people watching this, I know that they are fasting and praying for you to move in their children's lives. God, that you would bring their children back to a relationship with you. God, we just agree with that. God, we agree that you are going to speak and that you are going to prompt those conversations, that you are going to draw people to your heart. And so God, right now, I pray that you would lead us individually as people and collectively as a church. God, everything we see happening in our world, everything we experience happening in our lives, God, I just thank you that you are calling us to action. God, you are calling us to move. And God, I just pray that as a church that we would know the word of God that we would know exactly who you are, the attributes of your heart, God, what you call us to be, God, justice that you call us to stand up for. God, I just pray that you would, you would come and God, just saturate our lives with your word. God, that double-edged sword, God, that it would cut things off, that we need to remove the fear, the anxiety, the negativity, the, the ungratefulness, God, the things that you need to cut off. God, I just pray you would use these three weeks, these 21 days to cut things off. God, leave you, leave your heart, leave your mission. God, lead your love for people. God, we love you and we trust you with this week. In your name we pray, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.